So I saw this news alert that the Michigan Attorney General, Dana Nessel, she's the new Attorney General, dismissed all pending criminal cases tied to the Flint water crisis today, ending the prosecutions of eight current and former officials accused of neglecting their duties and allowing Flint residents to drink tainted, dangerous water. Uh, when I saw that, I was absolutely horrified and stunned. So I'm going to read you a little bit more. Um, I've spoken with a few sources and I have a little bit more information that I want to share with you. Uh, the decision announced years after the first charges were filed left open the possibility for new prosecutions against some or all of the same people, but it was seen by some in Flint as a sign that their crisis was being forgotten. Quote, my heart's break for the families that have lost loved ones, said Melissa Mays, a Flint resident and water activist. This is not justice for them. It just seems like a political ploy, she added. The only thing it tells me is our lives don't matter. And I just spoke, I've been speaking with Melissa through text messages. She's a, a leading Flint activist and resident. The prosecutors over, overseeing the case, Fadwa Hamoud and Kim Worthy, blamed missteps by the previous prosecution team for their decision. They said they would continue investigating the water crisis and noted they were, quote, not precluded from refiling charges against the defendants or adding new charges and defendants. Among the officials whose charges were dropped, the former director of Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, a state epidemiologist, a former Flint public works director, and emergency managers who had been appointed to oversee the city. Some defendants had faced charges as serious as involuntary manslaughter. Quote, legitimate criminal prosecutions require complete investigations. Upon assuming responsibility of this case, our team of career prosecutors and investigators had immediate and grave concerns about the investigative approach and legal theories. Uh, they're talking about from the previous prosecutor, uh, special prosecutor, his name was Todd Flood. So essentially, 15 people in total were charged in relation to the Flint water crisis. You have the head of the department, uh, the head of the state Department of Health and Human Services, Nick Lyon, who was charged with involuntary manslaughter in relation to people dying of Legionella. Uh, you had the chief medical officer, Eden Wells. She was charged with involuntary manslaughter. And you had very, very, uh, several other people charged. So I have to be extremely careful because as humbly as, humbly as I could say it, I have very high up sources because I've been on the Flint water crisis story for three years. And there's some sources that I trust very much. And there's some sources that you take what they say with a grain of salt. Um, but you take some of what they say and not all of it. So before I came live, I spoke with a source that I take what they say very seriously. Um, they are somebody that is very, very high up um, in the state of Michigan and related and are very, very connected uh, to the behind the scenes, what's going on with the water crisis. And I asked that person, this doesn't make sense to me. Um, why would you, even if there was missteps from the previous attorney general's office and the previous special prosecutor, why would you drop 
all eight of the remaining criminal cases just because there was missteps done. I can't go into every single detail because uh, this person spoke to me in confidence. Obviously, I'm not going to say who this person is. You're going to have to trust me because, frankly, I trust my own gut and I have, and this person has given me credible, credible information in the past. So when I originally looked at this, like many of you watching right now, probably particularly Flint residents, I was very, very angry uh, and, and did not understand. But the more I spoke with this person, who again is a very high level source, I believe that the dismissal of these charges against uh, the remaining eight people that were charged is a situation where the new attorney general and the new team there is choosing to lose a lot of battles in order to win the overall war. And what I mean by that is I believe they dropped these charges because in doing so, it would help them to get bigger fish than the individuals whose charges they dismissed. That is what I believe from the conversation I just had. That is not going to go over well with the residents of Flint. Uh, and I understand why, because on the surface, it looks like the attorney general of Michigan, the new attorney general, her name is Dana Nessel, essentially just tossed out all of the charges against the very people who were behind covering up the Flint water crisis. I believe, based on the conversation I just had from a source who has not, who has not led me wrong to this point, and a person I trust, that the reason they dropped these charges is because in doing so, it will allow them to go after bigger fish. I believe bigger fish, meaning potentially Governor Rick Snyder and potentially people in his administration. The biggest fish that they have gone after so far, no James, Dana is not my source. The Attorney General is not my source. Um, the biggest fish so far was Nick Lyon, who was charged with involuntary manslaughter and was, uh, char uh, was the head of the Department of Health and Human Services. That was the highest level official that was charged. Um, but that was not somebody in Governor Snyder's immediate office or immediate. It was a cabinet member, but it wasn't somebody in his inside circle, if you know what I mean. I believe that, again, I'm not a lawyer, but based on, based on the conversation I have with this person, who, again, is somebody that every single thing they've told me has has ended up being true so far. So I could only go by what they have told me so far has been proven true. That evidence they are now free because they are because they are dropping these charges, they might be free now to use evidence that they have recently discovered that they were not free to use before. So I will give you exactly what I was told. And again, I'm not going to 
get into who, who, who I spoke with, but I was told that there are other people in play and there might be some additional evidence that could be used that wasn't used before. And I was told to, quote unquote, read in between the lines. This person did not want to tell me who they're going after. I'm only giving you my opinion. This is not what I was told. This is not what, um, I don't have anything other than my opinion and speculation and just based on knowing how politics works, because with criminal prosecutions, there's a lot of politics involved. I think they're going after former Governor Rick Snyder. I believe some of the plea deals that they agreed to in the first place, because they did agree to a lot of plea deals. I believe some of those plea deals that they agreed to were because those people gave them information higher up, possibly on Rick Snyder's role in the Flint water crisis, possibly in on some of his lieutenants' role in the Flint water crisis. This is common practice. This is common practice in criminal prosecutions. You start with the little fish, you dangle you know, a plea deal or, or um, you know, immunity or whatever, so that they'll give you the bigger fish that you really want. I believe, um, I'm not a lawyer, but I have spoken with a lawyer before I went live that, you know, well, if you're dropping, if you're dropping all these cases, doesn't it kind of hand the defense a, a, a dream scenario? where even if you go after bigger fish and then charge them, couldn't, couldn't the defense say they, they already dropped all the criminal charges and now they're charging new people? This team has no idea what it's doing. It's chaos. Wouldn't it hurt the credibility of the prosecution team? That is, to me, legitimate. That's a legitimate concern. So the bottom line is this. I think the residents of Flint, and at this point I've probably interviewed hundreds of residents in Flint. Uh, me saying, I'm not a Flint resident and I was not poisoned, but me saying that based on my sources, I have reason to believe that they are dropping these charges in order to go after the biggest fish possible. I don't know if that is going to bring comfort to the residents of Flint, and I can't honestly blame them. Um, somebody asked, do I believe what I was told? I do believe what I was told. I do believe what I was told. I believe it because this is a new administration. From what I have gathered from this new administration, they do want justice for Flint, whereas obviously the last one didn't want justice for Flint because they were, they were part of the reason Flint was poisoned in the first place, a huge reason. And I think that the new attorney general, you have to remember, the new attorney general and the new governor, they were handed a previous prosecution from a previous attorney general and previous prosecutors. You also have to remember that they um, apparently found recently uh, doc a lot of documents that were not previously disclosed. The, they asked several times for a delay to the actual trials that were about to happen for the Department of Health and Human Services, head, Nick Lyon, and other people. But what I think, based on what I spoke, who I spoke to, uh, based on the fact that they have not, not, um, they have not 
uh, let me down as far as they have not given me information that did not pan out uh, until now. I believe that for whatever reason, the, the Attorney General's office decided that losing these battles and just tossing them out to laser focus on bigger fish is what we need to do. And I don't believe they would have done this unless they have firm evidence and concrete evidence against these bigger fish. And when I say bigger fish, I believe the bigger fish they're talking about is the governor, Rick Snyder, and people extremely close to him in his office. That's what I believe. And I've, I've reported this in the past, but uh, about two years ago, I had a very high up source, um, very close to the prosecution team. That's all I'll say. I had a very high up source that knew what was going on behind the scenes in the prosecution team. And that high up source had told me flat out that there was evidence that the prosecutors on that prosecution team had evidence to charge the governor with something. It could have been involuntary manslaughter. It could have been criminal negligence while in office. And they were stopped by the then Republican Attorney General Bill Schuette, who did not want to charge Governor Snyder because the Attorney General was running for governor. And you probably wouldn't have a chance of getting that dirty Republican money if you indict the current governor, Rick Snyder. So, you know, I understand why people watching me right now would say, uh, would not, would think I'm being naive or would look at the headline of the story and think, oh, you know, these people are going to get away with it and corruption, corruption, corruption. All I can tell you is I've lived this. I have breathed this for since 2016. I have probably spoken with, at this point, hundreds of Flint residents. I have spoken with local politicians. I've spoken with local activists. I've spoken with lawyers. I have spoken with doctors. I know enough of the players involved and I know enough of how the politics are involved. I think that is, am I happy that they have dropped these charges? No. But do I think them dropping the charges is the end game of this? I don't. I think that this is a case where they are choosing to lose several battles in order to win the war. And I think, I personally think, I personally think if you gave Flint residents a choice, would you rather us go to trial with these people and use our resources on these people that we just dismissed the charges or bring charges against Governor Rick Snyder? I'm pretty sure the large majority would say the latter, Governor Rick Snyder. But... I, I don't pretend to know what the people of Flint are feeling on this day when you see a headline that the Attorney General's office has dropped all of the criminal charges against uh, the, Depart the, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services uh, head who was charged with involuntary manslaughter, two emergency managers that were involved with the switch to the Flint River, uh, the, the chief medical officer of the state, all people that it has been demonstrated helped to cover this up and did not act swiftly as residents were complaining of rashes, hair loss, nosebleeds. But I do believe, I trust my gut. My gut has not taken me to the wrong 
my gut has not failed me yet as far as the Flint water crisis, so I'm going to continue sticking with my gut. I believe that, I don't want to say this was the right thing to do, but I understand why they did it based on the source that I spoke with. I think there is some a great there is a, a there is a greater and larger end game in mind, and that is why I believe they dropped these charges. So, you know, that's it. I, I think I think that's a hard pill for Flint residents to swallow today. Um, I also think, frankly, it was a gigantic conflict of interest in the first place that the previous Attorney General Bill Shude, who's a Republican was also running for governor. So of course the Republican attorney general is not going to bring charges against the sitting Republican governor if that Republican attorney general wants to be the next governor. If the Republican attorney general, Bill Schuette, who was was running for governor of Michigan, had brought charges against Governor Rick Snyder or people close to him, he was not going to have a chance in the election because he would have never gotten a dime from the big wigs in the Republican Party who fund their elections. That is why I believe they never brought charges against Governor Rick Snyder or anyone close to him, even though there was evidence. And my sources tell me there is evidence. There is evidence that could be used to go after bigger fish. So you either trust me or you don't. I can understand if you don't, but I think Actions speak louder than words, and I hope you know I would not be speaking like this and I would not be saying the things I'm saying today if I did not absolutely trust where I'm getting it from. I am not somebody who just gossips. Obviously, Julian Assange has been in a uh, British prison uh, for weeks now. He was moved to the uh, hospital wing of the prison because he is struggling health-wise. Uh, He's reportedly lost a lot of weight. Uh, Apparently, his lawyer couldn't even speak with him because cognitively he was struggling. Um, This could be part post-traumatic stress because he was just basically imprisoned in an embassy for the last seven years. Uh, There's a lot of things that could be happening to cause him problems. Obviously, the Trump administration has all but thrown out the pretend pretense that they care about the freedom of the First Amendment. They don't care. And they have been trying to get Julian Assange extradited to the United States, which if he is extradited to the United States, he's probably looking at life in prison, probably solitary confinement. I don't know if he would get the death penalty. I'm sure they would want to, but they would probably be trying to file as many charges as possible to make sure he never sees daylight again, which is essentially criminalizing journalism. And I really don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore from people who say he's not a journalist. What did he do? What did he do that wasn't journalism? They have provided zero evidence that Julian Assange helped Chelsea Manning hack into government or Pentagon or or CIA or any government servers. There is zero evidence they have provided that Julian Assange was a was a collaborator in hacking into um, government, the government database or anything like that. Today, the British home judge, whatever that position is, the home secretary, Saeed Javid, 
has revealed he has signed a request for Julian Assange to be extradited to the United States, where he faces charges of computer hacking. Speaking on BBC Radio's Four's Today program, he said he's rightly behind bars. There is an extradition request for the U.S. that is before the courts tomorrow, but yesterday I signed the extradition order and certified it, and that will be going in front of the courts tomorrow. Javid's decision opens the way to the court sending the WikiLeaks founder to the U.S., Assange faces an 18-count indictment issued by the Department of Justice that includes charges under the Espionage Act. He is accused of soliciting and publishing classified information and conspiring to hack into government, a government computer. Javid said, quote, it is a decision ultimately for the courts, but there is a very important part of it, but there is a very important part of it for the Home Secretary, and I want to see justice done at all times, and we've got le- we've got a legitimate extradition request, so I've signed it, but the final decision is now with the courts. This is, make no mistake about it, they are rubber stamping, they are rubber stamping Julian Assange's extradition. To me, the court hearing, which is tomorrow, is just a formality. I think they're going to extradite Julian Assange. I think the fix is in. I think they want to make an example out of him. I think they want to totally intimidate dis, uh, and dissuade, uh, you know, fearless journalism in America and, frankly, it seems around the world. Julian Assange, whatever you think about him, you could think Julian Assange is a Putin puppet. You could think that he helped Russia uh, embarrass Hillary Clinton, although I've never seen any evidence that WikiLeaks' source was Russia. The corporate media just regurgitates that, that it's fact. It's not fact. There was never any evidence provided. And call me fucking old-fashioned, but I like evidence before I'm about to declare that WikiLeaks, you know, got the Podesta leaks or the DNC's emails from Russia. Call me old-fashioned. I require some evidence before I start talking like that. But really, what this, what their whole indictment is based on, the smoking gun, is that Julian Assange tried to help Chelsea Manning figure out a password and to figure out a password to protect her identity, which is a journalist's top responsibility. A journalist's top responsibility is not just to break a story, it's to protect their sources for the, for the story. Julian Assange did not work with Chelsea Manning to hack into government computer files and government documents. He did not work with Chelsea Manning to do that. He encouraged Chelsea Manning to provide WikiLeaks with the information and the documents, which is what journalists do all the time. You try and manipulate sources sometimes. You try and encourage them. You try and lift them up. You try and give them the courage to do it when they get cold feet. You, you get back on them. You know, it's like trying to take somebody to the river. You know, you can't make them drink the water, but I can take you to the water. Make no mistake about it. They have zero evidence that Julian Assange was an active participant in hacking government documents. If they did, don't you think Barack Obama's Justice Department would have had this evidence for seven years? They chose not to prosecute Julian Assange because they knew they didn't have evidence that clearly showed he wasn't acting as a journalist, but also acting, but acting as a participant 
There was no evidence of that or else Obama's Department of Justice would have indicted him. The reason Trump's administration is indicting him is they don't give a damn about the law. The Trump administration, basically, because the CIA, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, the Pentagon, all of the general, all of the military industrial complex, they hate Julian Assange because they are not open. If there's one thing the military industrial complex is not, they are not reflective people. They do not, they do not care to look and see, well, maybe it's a good thing that WikiLeaks and Julian Assange exposed war crimes, exposed that the United States was recklessly and indiscriminately and without regard for anybody killing Iraqis. Because to them, the bigger crime is exposing the barbarism, the barbarism and the murder that has been the United States empire. To them, the crime is not what the United States did. The crime is exposing it. And they are trying to shut up those who would try to expose it. That's what this is. So you want to talk about that Trump is a grave threat to journalists because he, he tweets mean things about Chuck Todd? I don't give a flying fuck what Donald Trump tweets about Chuck Todd or any other journalist. Is it is it, you know, untoward for the president of the United States to be doing these things? Sure. But I don't really care that Donald Trump is tweeting out nasty things about journalists. I care that Donald Trump and his Department of Justice is trying to redefine what makes a journalist and what makes a participant in a crime. I do not want the Department of Justice and, and, and Mike Pompeo and John Bolton and Elliot Abrams deciding who is and who is not a journalist. That is not where we should be going. Because if you leave it to government officials to decide who is a journalist, what is or is not acts of journalism, they are going to ire on the side of getting rid of the actual journalists. Let me be very, very clear with you. Fascism happens. There's several precursors to fascism. One of them is censorship. So what they're trying to do in extraditing Julian Assange, and by the way, this home judge, or what's his name? This official was the home secretary. By him signing the United States' extradition request, he's essentially rubber stamping it. He's essentially rubber stamping For a court, the first court hearing tomorrow for extradition for Julian Assange just tomorrow, he's essentially extradited, uh, rubber stamping for that court to sign off on the extradition and make no mistake about it, if they sign off on the extradition, he is going to be extradited ASAP. And if he is extradited, he will not get a fair trial. It will be a pony trial and he will be thrown into a solitary confinement sell for the rest of his life and the key will be thrown away. So I'm a journalist. I'm not an activist. I'm not telling you what to do, but what I believe needs to be done is people need to get out on the streets and protest this and in front of the White House. Not for a day, not for two days, but until 
he is released. Because I am promising you, and this, there are stakes for me, there are stakes for Jen, there are stakes for Ty, there are stakes for actual journalists who do this work here. Because if this is what they're going to do to Julian Assange, they're coming for us next. They're coming for actual journalists. They're not coming for Chuck Todd. They're not coming for Wolf Blitzer. They're not coming for Rachel Maddow. They're not coming for the New York Times because they practice propaganda and public relations, not journalism. They are coming for us.